0: Yes, it's me, Mark Stone, and this is the Backseat Driver Podcast. It's the fastest, it's the friendliest, and it's for all the family. The Gas Shocks 116 Trophy and 120 Coupe Cup are the fastest growing race series in the UK, taking in six one hour races and eight sprints at all the top circuits visit 116trophy.com to find out more and get yourself behind the wheel I'd like to welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show my heap of vintage Lakeland tours what is it? Well as we all know Yorkshire and Cumbria butt up against each other so what better way of seeing them from the seat of a vintage Austin. Mike, welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show. Thank you very much. How did all this come about? What gave you the idea of chauffeuring people around in a beautiful 1920s Austin? Well,
1: um, as a child, I grew up with all this uh, vintage machinery. My grandfather was an absolute enthusiast, motorbikes, vintage cars. And wherever we went, people always said, God, I'd love to go for a ride in that.
0: Mm. They do, they they, they are, they're an absolute, whether you're a car enthusiast or not, vintage cars have an allure. Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah, they've got a charm all of their own. Yeah. Um, Wherever you go, people smile and wave and what have you. The, they're not offensive in any way, you know, everybody likes them. They're, They're a pleasure to drive, they're a pleasure to look at. And for people, that have never been in a vintage car. It really is a mini assault on the senses because it is so completely different to a modern
0: car. Oh yeah, modern cars, the driver and occupants are isolated from everything. A vintage car, even as a passenger, you are involved.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, the sounds, the smells, okay, yeah, they're not fast. They're not designed to be fast. They were built for comfort. Yeah. Um, and it, it, one of the little sort of slogans that I've got in, in my paperwork is she's, she's not built for, sp- for speed. Yeah. It's not about miles per hour, it's about smiles per hour. Yeah. And that's exactly what it does. So what gave you the idea? Well, having gone to countless shows, people, as I said... I said I'd love to go for a ride in that they obviously didn't have a vintage car of their own um, and I've lived in the Lake District all my life I see all these tour companies minibus tours here there and everywhere and I'd say it probably dawned a good 20 years ago maybe longer and I thought well why not yeah but life just got in the way. I had a young family, obviously we just bought a house. There there was always a cost implication, which always prevented me from doing it. And it it had been festering at the back of my mind for all these years. Um, and then about five years ago, six years ago, um, I was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease, which really turned my life upside down. Um, up to that point, I'd been working for fifteen years prior in a local paper mill, yep. working shifts, which wasn't conducive to to good health um, and it gave me a bit of a wake up call yeah um, and then two years ago, redundancies happened at the mill, and I thought. This is it. This is the opportunity. I'll take the redundancy. Mm. I'll buy the vintage car which is suitable for what mm. I need it for. And here we are today. I've got I've got the car. I've started doing the tours and it's been been very very successful.
0: Yeah. Now the car which is parked outside. What exactly is it?
1: It's a 1928 Austin 124 Windsor saloon. Mm. Uh, built by the original Austin company in, in Longbridge, um, the twelve four relates to the horsepower. Hmm. It's only a twelve horsepower engine, so there's not a lot of power there.
0: Back in the back in the day, twelve hmm. horse wasn't bad, but there again, there was all the taxation problems. That's so they, it. They kept the horsepower purposely low.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but having said that, it is geared perfectly. Yeah. Um, I've been up over Kirkston Pass I so was just going
0: to say we're here in the lakes in Cumbria yeah. in Yorkshire and it's not known for being flat no no it is,
1: it is a touch on the hilly side uh, we've got some steep ones sort of one in four one in three some of them and it is that low geared you just select the correct gear before you 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 really need it yeah (laughs) and just let it purr away and let it take you take you over over the top yeah does it no
0: problem now the car itself has an interesting history it hasn't it started as a saloon but it hasn't always been a saloon
1: no that's true that's true in the in the mid 1930s it was purchased by a farmer who very quickly whipped the body off it uh, and converted it into a farm truck so we had a very hard life on on the farm. Um, The reason why the Austin 12s were, were, or this often happened to the Austin 12s is they were so reliable, the the engines are pretty bulletproof. Mm -hmm. Uh, although extremely simple they are very very over over well back there they
0: engineered cars and engines to last didn't they yeah yeah. and the other thing is the simplicity of them well it was either the chauffeur who had to repair it and maintain it or the owner had to repair and maintain it which meant uh, I mean this is from an era when you could change a cylinder head gasket in about 30 minutes yes
1: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you know I've got the original handbook for the car yeah and it's amazing what's inside that it, it takes you through removing the cylinder head, doing your valve clearances, um setting up the timing, um absolutely anything and everything adjusting the brakes, getting the correct you know everything yeah um whereas if you compare that to a modern car you know the the first thing it tells you not to do is to drink the contents of the battery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't think and you open
0: the bonnet on a modern car and there's a big plastic shield over it to stop you doing yeah. anything and you need a laptop for it to tell you what's wrong
1: absolutely absolutely that modern cars they're not designed to be you know if something goes wrong they're not designed to be repaired if a part fails you take it off and you replace it with a brand new yeah, one because
0: this brings me to one of my pet gripes mechanics are a dying breed the only thing we now have are fitters who that's take right. one bit off and stick a new version of it on absolutely absolutely with these they are hands-on
1: yeah yeah but that's part of the joy of it mm. you know if you don't mind getting your hands dirty they get, as you said they are very simplistic yeah. with a modicum of common sense you can look at something and work out exactly how that part works and yeah. you can see where it's gone wrong yeah um, and then it's repairable from that point onwards
0: so where did you get the car from?
1: right well this car I purchased from a gentleman on Merseyside who I'd never met before mm. um, I saw it advertised on a website and I went down uh, had a look, and when he opened his garage, there were five of them in there. He was an absolute <laughs> Austin nut, yeah. And basically, what we did, he, he had, a, he had one from around about nineteen seventeen-ish, yeah. uh, But the majority of them were twelves, um, and he had his own wedding car business, yeah. But he'd restored God knows how many over mm. the years. Uh, and sat in the corner at the back of the garage was his latest project, which was the reason why he was selling selling this one. Yeah, it was to make room for, for the next one, and obviously give him the funds mm. so he, he could restore restore yeah. the one in the corner.
0: So the body that's on it now is a perfect reproduction of the body that it started life with. Absolutely. So who built that body? Is it the guy you bought it from? It is. That?
1: Oh right. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the Austin body up to the windscreen it's steel yeah from that point back it's an ash frame yeah um so yeah he's he's built that body you need good carpentry skills ob- obviously yeah um and the the roof even though it looks solid it's not it, it's a vinyl roof on yeah. there and you've got wooden slats and everything underneath to give it its rigidity and and what have you but
0: yeah it's a good strong so strong which which model is your austin
1: it's the windsor saloon the 12-4 windsor saloon
0: because there were a few of them weren't there the, there were three that austin there was
1: the burnham uh-huh. Uh, and then there was the soft top, which was the Clifton. Yeah. Uh, the Clifton is the, the car that the gumdrop yeah. that books were written about. Um, they're all very similar. Um, mine has the leather interior and wood. Uh, the Burnham had a fabric interior. Yeah. But basically the same engine because well back then when you purchased a car, you purchased a chassis and an engine. And then generally, what was done, it would then be sent to a coach builders of your choice, and you could have whatever style of body you would like to yep. put on it. Whereas, Austin, these were their own in house bodies that you bought, so you bought the complete car. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, this one of yours was the posh one, wasn't it? It, it is, yeah, yeah, the posh <laughs> one by, by 1928 standards. But cars that were built then, they, they were all posh. Yeah. Um, basically that you know it doesn't matter what make you went for whether it was Rolls-Royce, Wolseley, uh, Bentley it was the same format you bought your chassis and then you got it uh, coach built where where you'd like it whether it be Mulliner if it was Rolls-Royce or or whoever Um, but the motor car was purely for the rich Mm um they were often chauffeur driven and it wasn't until 1922 really when herbert austin brought out the austin 7 um, that motor cars became available to the masses yeah. um you know back then times were hard mm. um and to be able to buy a motor car for the princely sum eventually of about 125 pounds yeah, uh, brand new was really quite a feat so if you like the Austin 7 was the Ford Fiesta or the Ford Escort yeah. of its day, the Mini of its day yeah.
0: if, if you like so did you set out to buy an Austin or was it did you have any other makes and models in mind? I
1: was mulling over a Rolls Royce, yeah. what put me off was the expense of if anything major went wrong with that yeah. you've got a major problem mm-hmm the beauty of the... Yeah, you
0: can see, you can see your wallet withdrawn Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Along with the contents of your fridge and everything yeah. else. So Austins, uh, yeah, there's a good reason why I chose Austins and this goes back to my grandfather who was very successful, he had his own garage, um, during the war he was an agricultural contractor, Yeah. Uh, so basically what he did was he built threshing machines from scratch and he converted Austin 12s into tractors all right because farms weren't mechanized then no so basically he would build a tractor out of an Austin 12 yeah the reason he built them and I remember him telling me was because it was such a strong chassis and the engine was bomb proof yeah Um, so you had reliability there and it's true it is true, um, this car i 've had it two years now, yeah I do well over six thousand miles a year in it it 's never missed a beat, yeah, never missed a beat. It starts first time every time, and it goes anywhere you want it to go, and it 's a lovely, <laughs> smooth driving car it is, and it's so so much more comfortable as well than a modern car,
0: yeah um, well, that 's the one thing I make like i said before we went on air i occasionally drive a friend of mine's uh, little austin seven and the one thing you notice it rides over potholes and speed humps like they're not there yeah yeah but looked. that's because it came from an era when a lot of roads weren't metalled there'd be tarmac roads but there will be for one better term rough tracks yeah 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 no that
1: that's absolutely true and when you look at them as well the the, the actual build all they are really is a mechanized horse carriage when you yep. look at the chassis it's all spring suspension on there and, yeah you know it's a ladder chassis underneath with an oak, with an oak frame on on top and a petrol engine stuck at the front
2: <laughs> You know, <laughs> rather than a horse yeah
1: um, but yeah yeah no the the, the built to such a high standard as well yeah um, because cars back then especially this type of car as we said the, the, it was for the well-off That could afford to so they they were hand built and they were built with pride and passion
0: oh yeah they were built to last unlike the modern car they were built to last absolutely they would like to go back and buy another one but uh, (laughs) it didn't have to be next year when the new registration came out (coughs) so have you learned how to work on the car was it something that was already there
1: it's something that was already there I grew up with this stuff yeah as I said, my grandfather was I was brought up by my grandparents. He was an absolute vintage nut. Yeah. Um he had vintage cars. His passion was motorbikes. Yeah. I remember we, we had a big garage and he, he'd open up the garage and the there was five or six bikes restored and then there was a big stack of shelves on one side of the garage. There must have been fifteen, twenty bikes up there waiting to be restored. Yeah. Um The car wise originally um, he had a Bentley yeah 1930s Bentley it was an absolute rust bucket (laughs) (laughs) waiting to to be restored but unfortunately ill health got the better of him and he looked at it and he thought this is too much so he sold it and he got a 1924 Clement Talbot which was the original Talbot company based in London from London Um, Doctor's Coupe two-seated with Dickie seat yeah Uh, again an absolute rock box but uh, it's much easier yeah than the than the Bentley to, 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 uh, to restore yeah and that's where when my grandfather passed was left to me um, and I enjoyed that car for the next 15 20 years. Yeah, absolutely fabulous car. Um, following on from that, I then got the urge to buy an MG, a yeah. two seater MG 1930s. Yeah, um, again, an absolute marvel of a car, <laughs> um, but I didn't have room for two so. We sold the Talbot, which broke my heart Yeah, because of its history, uh, especially with my grandfather. But the MG was just far more usable yeah. on the modern roads. You could cruise at 50, 60 miles an hour all day yeah. in that thing. And my best friend and I, about 10 years ago, we drove from here to Le Mans in it, Yeah, the 24 hour race. We did from here down to Portsmouth in one swoop, it took us about seven and a half hours. Yeah absolutely fabulous car Um, following that um, I then got an itch for something a little bit more modern so I bought myself an MGB GT which is like the, the the modern man sort of rode into classic cars. There yeah. there's lots of them. that very you can, get every, you
0: can get every spare part going. Absolutely. You can run them as a daily driver if you will. And I did. Yeah.
1: I did. I ran it as my daily driver for about twelve months. Yeah. Uh, again, a great little car. I went touring around Scotland in that. Um, but it wasn't old enough. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't old enough. It didn't have the same charm. Yeah. Uh, that the vintage stuff has, um, and then obviously with what happened to me health-wise and this sort of thought that I'd had for all those years and the redundancy, that's when I thought, right now's the time to get the Austin. Yeah. My grandfather recommended them. He said that's the route to go down. You so know, they were um, good enough for him. They were, they were they enough good, him. good enough for him. They're good enough
0: mm-hmm. for me. Now. Setting up the business wasn't quite plain sailing, was it? It wasn't, it wasn't um, getting it licensed through
1: the local authority was an absolute nightmare um, and I can understand why from the local authority's point of view obviously we're not we're not dealing with a, a modern Kia or something yeah. like that that you see as, as, as registered taxis we're dealing with a 94 year old motor car yeah. um, and obviously they had their concerns you know is it safe mm. well the answer to that is yes yeah. it is safe um, I had to get an independent engineers report on, done on the car um, and that report came back as the vehicle being in exceptional condition Yeah it had to undergo an MOT uh, plus a taxi test on top of that which yep. it flew through no advisories um, and at that point I thought right we've got this um, the car's safe it's proven to be safe and yet when we went in front of the subcommittee they basically turned around and said no no we're not we, we can't pass this yeah and the, the biggest reason was the fact that, that it didn't have seat belts yeah which I fully understand um, but I knew it complied with all the motoring regulations that the DVSA set down yeah it's not South Lakeland District Council that sets the standard of motor vehicles it's the DVSA and if a yeah. vehicle doesn't comply with those rules it's not road legal this car complied fully yeah so I ended up having to take them to magistrates court to appeal the decision, uh, and the judges basically agreed with me, saying that the vehicles rode legal, yeah, um, and that the local authority should relook at issuing the uh, reissuing a license. So October. It's not being
0: funny. The one thing is, yes, it's. It's classified as a taxi, but it doesn't stand on a local taxi rank. You no. Know, you don't get rung up at four or two o'clock in the morning. Absolutely and you come and pick us up at such and
1: such a place? Absolutely not. That was never ever the intention. All I wanted to do was offer people the chance to experience a vintage motorcar, enjoy the Lake District and the, and the Yorkshire Dales at the yeah. same time. You know, we live in a part of the country of outstanding natural beauty. It's absolutely stunning and what better way to do it than buy a vintage car. It was the perfect car for what I wanted to do. You've got a lovely high seating position, you've got three windows down each side, so you've got great visibility. You can see over the dry stone walls, and you're (laughs) traveling at, you know, you're cruising at a speed, averagely not more than 30 miles an hour, so you've got plenty of time to take it all in um it's just the perfect way to experience the lakes and fields
0: now if somebody comes along and wants a tour Mm -hmm. have you worked out all the routes or do you take them to where they've asked to go or do you do you have routes in mind because i conclude it will be done on shall we say distance or time yeah yeah
1: but basically there's two ways Uh, I've got set routes uh, which people can basically just book straight over the phone whether it's a southern lakes tour a northern lakes tour Um, some people just want to go out for an hour just just to experience it uh, or an afternoon tea tour but then on top of that I I can do a a bespoke tour if there's something specific that they want to see or do then yeah I, I can mould it around what, what they want
0: to do so uh, where, where do you get to because I mean like for, for my radio show which is Yorkshire centric as such mm-hmm. which bits of Yorkshire do you get
1: to right okay well I do a tour called There's Cheese in those dales, <laughs> and basically that sets off here for, from Windermere
2: yeah we head over
1: towards Kirby Lonsdale we'll stop in Kirby Lonsdale for about 40 minutes yeah then we head up to Ingleton stop at White Scar Caves yeah and then drive over towards Hawes under the Rubblehead viaduct yeah to Hawes to the Creamery uh depending on time then we can then carry a little bit further on uh heading sort of towards Leyburn, and time oh area. yeah um Or we'll come back and head towards Sedba through the Howe Gills and that way. Yeah. It's it's lovely. It's a lovely tour, that one.
2: Yeah. That's nice.
1: Uh, Everything's at a nice, relaxed pace. Takes about five hours. Yeah. But plenty of stops along the way. You know, time to enjoy it. Yeah. So,
0: what type of people book you? That's a very good question. All types. Yeah. All types. Yeah, I conclude you'll get the old. Not being funny, the old couple. He, me Dad had one of these. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had people celebrating the ninetieth birthdays yeah. coming on tour, who can remember these cars, uh, because they made a lot of them. They made over three hundred thousand of the heavy twelves. Yeah. Um, and eighty percent of London taxis were heavy twelves <laughs> in the nineteen thirties and nineteen forties so yeah they were a well-known car so yeah people in the 90s reminiscing um, the younger generation um, basically wanting to to experience something old but new to them
0: because i'm going to say if you get a young passenger or young passengers i conclude you will explain what they are and how they work because they just won't grasp not being funny they won't grasp the concept of cars like these no
1: no, no, absolutely. Um, you know, driving a vintage car um, is very different to your modern car. Mm. Um, you've got to, it's a crash gearbox, which is an unfortunate term,
0: but <laughs> it's, a, it's a crash <laughs> box. Double so How many? Do gear, just of interest, how many gears has it got? It's got four. All oh, right. I've only
1: ever used three. Yeah. First, I have never ever used. Even going over Honister Pass, fully laid, because
0: it's, so it's so low geared. Yeah.
1: Um, first is really a crawler gear. Yeah. Um, if you're on a hill that is so steep that you require first gear, yeah. you shouldn't be. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's, it's that sort of situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very low geared. Second and third you could pull off quite happily in either gear from, yeah. from stationary and fourth is a very long gear so yeah. you, you can pop it into fourth gear at what maybe 15 miles an hour yeah. and that'll take you all the way up apparently it has a, a top speed of 50 Yeah, I've never been anywhere near 50 <laughs> um, but 35s is a nice happy yeah. happy speed it just purrs along
0: at that yeah. So the youngsters will be quite fascinated with a car that doesn't go very quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the the strange thing is that, that they all smile. Yeah, everyone's smiling when they're in it. It's um, it, it's it's something new. It's something that they've never experienced yeah. before. It, it is different. It is different. Um, you know, in in a modern car, you you. you Wrapped up in this cell, and I don't know, they're quite clinical, aren't they? At a moment? Well, I'll be
0: quite honest. I mean, you climb in most modern cars. I used to review new cars for a living, mm-hmm. and it got to the stage where I used to have to look at the badge on the steering wheel to think, What am I driving? What am I in? What now? am I in? Yeah, because they're all blob like, yeah. Um, they're all this 4 4 before, which. I've always said, if you don't need a four wheel drive, go and buy an estate car. You yeah. don't need anything <coughs> like this. But every vintage car was different. Mm. I mean, you could get the Austins like yours, but you get the different bodyworks oh, and yeah. everything else. Yeah. And they were all different, even by the same manufacturer, they were different cars. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, different end uses and what yeah. have you. Um, but the basis of them all was the same. But yep. obviously your body, work, your body work changed, your, your end use changed um, you know Austin especially were, were quite big in military vehicles at yeah. that time uh, going up to World War Two. and what a lot of people don't realise is the Longbridge plant just outside Birmingham during the war when it retooled they were manufacturing Lancaster bombers there Yeah. Um, so yeah yeah um, Austin—it doesn't matter on the make at the time. They were—they were all varied as to as to what they, uh, what what they could offer people. Even Rolls Royce, you know, the known for their luxury cars, but the military side, but the military guys, yeah, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely have to be asked are you busy is it doing well? It's doing well it's doing better than I expected (laughs) for the first year which is good it's covered its costs. it's put me enough money in the bank to cover the costs for next year yeah so yeah I'm in a happy place uh, as far as far as that goes
0: yeah and is it something you would consider expanding on?
1: I'd like to I would like to I, I would love to run a second car yeah uh, similar
0: car would you think similar we'd go
1: for exactly the same right exactly the same it's tried tested it's proven yeah. it works um plus the, the if I went for exactly the same car if I had an issue with one
0: then the mechanics are the same.
1: Well can, to use the
0: old phrase if all went wrong you could rub a bit off one and put it on the other. Yeah, Precisely, <laughs> precisely,
1: precisely <laughs> you know. Um, it's a. have had a few little niggles you know silly little things like brushes in the dynamo needed changing it stopped charging suddenly yeah. you know an hour's work yeah you, know. you, you, you can whiz a dynamo off in minutes you take the four screws out the end pull the the, 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 pull it all apart and clean up the commutator. Bang some new brushes in the other yeah. end and stick it. Stick it all back together, back on the car. Flick the switch. It's charging. Yeah. Jobs are good. But it's like we are
0: saying about the MGBs, though they're a bit new for you. you um, and like the Austin Sevens, you can get the parts for them. You can, you can. So you, 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 you never you're not driving though it's ninety years old. It's not an obsolete car. Absolutely
1: not absolutely not you, you know you've got the owners club the vintage Austin register Yeah. Um, strangely enough I did have an issue earlier in the year where the clutch release bearing went um, I just completed the tour yeah look at the gods on my <laughs> side I'd literally just dropped the people off outside the guest house jumped in the car put my foot on yeah. the clutch and it fell to the floor yeah um, so I managed to get the car back to my house we towed it back to because I live in, in Windermere towed it back to where I keep the car in Kendall um, and I phoned the guy that I bought the car off and I said look the bearing's gone have you got a spare oh I've got five yeah yeah. You know, come down and get one I said right fine We'll as luck would have it I was on my way to a wedding down in Gloucestershire that week so yeah. I'd just call in and pick one up but then strangely had been at a, a show earlier that 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 week and i would met a bloke who was talking to me about this fella he knew who had a load of Austin 12 spares yeah the phone rang it was him he said oh you met my friend at this show and he said he said you might be interested in buying some spares I said you haven't got a clutch release bearing have you
2: hmm.
1: he said I've got the entire housing I've got the lot I said it's here he was at gas oh right I said, right, I'll be there in 40 minutes. Drove down, got the bearing, had the gearbox out that nice,
0: back in the next day, ready to go. So
1: there (laughs) you (laughs) go. Look at the gods.
0: (laughs) Now, if somebody wants to get hold of you and book you for a tour, Mm -hmm. how do they go about it? Um,
1: Well, they can contact me through my website, which is vintagelakelandtours.com, or they can telephone me. I've got my Facebook page up as well. Vintage Lakeland Tours Facebook page. Yep. You can contact me through Messenger and through WhatsApp on there as well. Um, or you can give me a call yep. on uh, 394 42484,
0: which is Windermere number. Mike Heap, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. And thank you for joining me on the Backseat Driver Radio Show. Thank you, Mark. beaten on price never beaten on service whether it's cars bikes or commercials hoddy tires are the best in the business and when it comes to tire expertise and advice to supplying the correct tires for your vehicle specific requirements nobody comes close to david lakin and the hoddy tires team so give them a call on 01200 613 192 or visit the website at hoddy tires.co.uk.